The truth that will change you will probably first offend you. This is the modus operandi of this podcast. Welcome to Contra Z to Popular Belief. This episode will be nothing like you expected. It will probably ruffle some feathers and shake things up, but for the better. If we want different, we've got to be different. So without further ado, welcome. 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 Your host, Zandile. Buenos dias. Hello. Me Johnny. Me God. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I am Zandile, Zandilandi, Zandbulls, Antiza, Picky Picky Mabilan. You choose which you call me. Here we intentionally choose God, choose right, choose life, and choose you. That's what it is. That's what it is. Mind your mind. This is part two of The System is Rigged. I decided to title it something different, you know, add some spice. But this is part two and we are picking up from where we left off. I was saying a lot of things, but I want to start here. You don't lack power. You lack consciousness. I'll repeat that. You don't lack power. You lack consciousness that is by sc so you can only change a system that you know about and when it comes to being a change agent a world changer a planet shaker a history maker ignorance is not bliss i know the world is dark okay i know it's depressing i know that you finna switch your phone off for some weeks and not have to deal with it but unfortunately we have to we are born for this time. You know, have you ever sat down and complained to the Lord? And you're like, but Abba Father, did I have to be born in this time? Couldn't you have just, you know, made my birthday date just 20 years, 20 years earlier? You know, maybe now it'd be my 40s, you know? But to that, God says, you are right on time. You're not late. You're not early. You are right on time. And I've equipped you for this time. You have all you need in me for this time you shall not perish you shall not die you will not just survive but you will thrive so that is a promise of god for us today that is a promise of god for us even going forward the book recommendation for today is the power of habit by charles duhigg it is so so good to recap on the previous episode i explained the different operating systems that govern the relations of people the cosmos the order and arrangement of our world cosmos being the root word of cosmopolitan a citizen of the world and cosmetics elements of adorning and so in early greek literature the word cosmos spoke of building or establishing a culture or city as per the definition cosmos is not negative but in this context it is because it describes how the kingdom of darkness has an influence on the systems and on the cultures of the world how things are done in the world compared to how things are done in heaven isn't it surprising that as i'm giving you these different variations of cosmos it reminds you how everything in this world is about imagery and imagination making things seem one way when they're really not that way doesn't it remind you of how deception works by misrepresenting facts AKA, doesn't it remind you of someone masquerading himself like an angel of light? Oh yeah. So, 
I highlighted the ailments of our aeon. I know I'm using new words today, but the aeon is the age, period of time that we're in. It signifies all which exists in the world under condition of time, as well as the course and current of this world's affairs. We are all aware that there is a darkness orchestrated by the devil, working through men and women who are under submission to demonic agendas and that they work through the mountains of education, religion, family, business, government, arts, entertainment, sports, as well as the media to fulfill these agendas. We understand that the events of the world are not coincidental. Everything happens for a reason and everything is first spiritual and then it is physical. Systems are rigged for a reason. There is a game at play. There is a strategy at play. For the same reasons Jesus was tempted with in the wilderness. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This is from 1 John chapter 2 verse 16. I don't know if you see it, but this takes us back to Genesis 3 verse 6. It, it, it encapsulates everything. It says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. She saw the lust of the eyes. It looked delicious. The lust of the flesh. She wanted the wisdom, the pride of life. She wanted to be like God. That's what the serpent promised. He said, and you will become like God, knowing both good and evil. And so when paralleled with the wilderness experience of Jesus, we see that Jesus was tempted with bread, the lust of the flesh. He was tempted with the kingdoms of the world, the lust of the eyes, as well as said that he must throw himself down the pride of life and also take note of the contrast of environments that the first time it happened with the first Adam. I mean, Jesus is known as the second Adam because he came to undo what the first Adam got wrong. So with the first Adam, there is a garden. It's booming. It's blooming with fruits and trees and plants. And then Jesus gets tested in a completely different environment, which is opposite to the garden of Eden, a wilderness. I think that is very interesting. Another thing that is similar throughout time that we have seen being practiced is that the MO has not changed. It has not changed. As it happened in the Garden of Eden, did God really say it is happening today? Because why is it after all these years, the attack on the word of God is so severe. The attack on the Bible is so severe. I mean, there are groups of people that want the Bible to be declared as hate speech simply because they don't like the fact that God says what you're doing is a sin. Can you believe that? Well, you better believe it. That is how much attack the Bible is. And it's so weird. Isn't it weird that the Bible is the only one that is under so much attack? I mean, what happened to the Quran? What happened to all the other manuscripts that other religions use? I have never heard of such an attack being directed to other religions' manuscripts or whatever they use, you know, to run their religions. But when it comes to Christianity, yay! No, the Bible is written by faulted men in perfect mere mortals 
but it was good enough for you when God said he loves you. It was good enough for you when it said God had a perfect good plan for your life. But now, because it's speaking against your sin that you love so dearly and enjoy, you are saying that, nah, it must be faulty because, I mean, it was written by mere men. Well, so was everything else in the world. Everything in science is written and, and, and it came through men. Everything in technology was written and came through men. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Everything else that we cherish and we hold in high regard has come through men. And I don't mean men as in gender. I mean men as in mankind, human beings, so-called mere mortals. So I don't know what people's problem is. God said what he said. If you have a problem with it, go do your hermeneutics. Go to God himself and ask him to prove himself to you. Because God is not intimidated by your questioning. God is not intimidated by your doubts. He is well and ready and equipped to give you the answers you're looking for. If we are honest, the word of God is super beneficial for society. How many things are going sideways because people are not abiding in or believing the things that God has said? They be asking, who said this? Who said we should not have sex before marriage? Who said marriage is only between one woman and one man? Who said abortion is wrong? Who said I shouldn't do what I want to do with my body? Well, God said it and you can take it up with him. Excuse the pun. And I'm not being weird. Y'all, I'm not being weird, I'm not being nasty, I'm not being mean, but essentially, the word of God is good for us. It's beneficial for us, it's beneficial for society. I mean, imagine if everyone loved each other with the love of God. Imagine if all of us were giving and we were not greedy. Imagine if all of us had a heart of a servant and we were not about lording over each other and trying to control each other. The word of God is good. It just needs understanding and it needs study so that it can be also put into context because a lot of people that are wiling out at the Bible have put things out of context. Anywho, I see Kolapo So why? Why these specific questions? I am stating these questions because the answers to them are widely fought in different systems of influence. And remember what I said about politics and how it's in everything? Well, yeah. And these questions have everything to do with the population of the world and how this population turns out. And it informs and teaches the next generation, which will teach the next generation how it is. It has been the devil's plan to take out the word of God in systems so as to replace it with the opinion of carnal men and women. Carnal meaning void of the spirit of God, in enmity with God. So what, what happens? It's obvious. What happens when you switch off the light? Never mind switching it off. You take away the switch. You take away the light. It will get dark in that place. And we've seen it over decades, a world getting darker and darker because the light of God, the light of his word, the light of his truth is being taken out. But oh, what a surprise to the devil because this ain't over because we don't serve a weak God. We don't serve a God that can be quenched. We don't serve a God that can be defeated. So the coming revival will shift and shake while it's already here. So people will come to the knowledge of Christ, no matter how stubborn, 
no matter how far gone, we will see something we have not seen before because God is powerful like that. So the system is rigged, but for the why? Why put so much effort in manipulating people to their demise? Why put so much money in brainwashing people to become objects of oppression and slavery? Why? Why can't we just rest and mind our own? Well, it's because of the goal. The goal of these systems being rigged is to attain the state and control of our minds. If you have someone's mind, you basically have them. That is what it's all about. It is not always a bad thing or out of evil intent that you want to occupy someone's mind. But it becomes something else when you want to occupy it over God. When you want your knowledge to take over and dominate over the knowledge of God in someone's mind. The mind is what was affected in the fall of man. Why? Because the fall of man had everything to do with information. A lot of times we go on and on about, yeah, it's Eve's fault. Yeah, the fruit from the forbidden tree. But do we ever recognize that it's not about the fruit, but rather about what the fruit contained, what the fruit led to because of consumption? It is information. It is information. Information. What forms in you? What formed in them? Right? So let's define okay, the mind. The mind is often interchanged with the soul, but the two are distinct. The soul seats the mind, will, and emotions of a person. The mind is made up of your logic, intelligence, intellect, and imagination. The mind therefore informs and empowers your will, your decision-making capacity, and emotions. And then the soul is accommodated by the spirit. So I believe that you can't have a spirit that doesn't have a soul because that spirit will have no personality. That spirit will have no thinking ability. That is how I've come to understand it because we are first spirits before we are physical beings, right? And so you can't tell me that the soul arrived before the spirit in the body because the body is just flesh. There's no life without the spirit. If we were considered by God, planned for by God, prepared for by God, and occupied the mind of God, that means that by the time our spirits hit our bodies, our spirits came with our souls already intact. The type of person we are going to be and that is why I believe that we have a body that is occupied by a spirit that already has a soul. So everyone is after your mind. Whether for good or for bad, they are after the attention, meditation, and rulership of your mind. In marketing, for example, the goal for a company is to have their product or service occupy your mental estate. Because once that happens, then it means that future repurchases, repeat purchases are guaranteed because they have secured now the customer loyalty. So how many systems are trying to secure your loyalty and repeat purchases by you paying with attention, paying with your meditation, paying with your time, as well as leasing your mind out for free? 
there needs to be a cost to this. You need to make people pay to make you be able to make you think a certain way, you know? We also have to come to the realization and cognizance that some of us have been reckless with our minds. Because Yabana, this thing of being open-minded, it has ruined us to a point because we've let go of the God over our minds. It's become a free-for-all. Because anything goes. Oh, you come with this belief. Oh, yeah, cool. I can make room for that. Oh, you you be, you 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 come with that. I, I can make room for that. So it's seriously become a free for all. There's been no cost for things to occupy your mind anymore. The the rent is free, and you just accept whatever. But what would happen if we guarded our minds like we did our hearts? You are often said that you are what you think. That your thoughts are influenced by what you let in. But you need to understand that not all that you can let in is good. Not all information is good. And just like you don't eat everything that is edible, don't consume everything that is information. Because information is food for your mind. And in this age, information is thrown at us and provoked from every direction. But I want to tell you though, that in it all, you have control. You just have to charge a price. There has to be a cost to rent your mind. There has to be a cost to occupy your mind. And that cost is the truth of God. That is the one thing that all these informations need to agree with. That is the price they need to pay to take occupation of the rooms in your mind. We are living lives basically to get our minds back, back to the place where they were before the fall, back to the right perspective of God, of ourselves, of life, as well as of others. I'd like to read a quote for you from C.S. Lewis from the book Mere Christianity. It says, God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. He designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about relationship with him. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. With all that comes, does it agree with God? Does it agree with the truth of God, the word of God, the will of God for your life? Does it agree with where you are going? You have to choose. You have to learn to take control and choose what influences your mind. Choose what you watch. Be intentional about what you read and listen to because your eyes and ears are gateways to your soul and you don't want them to be left unchecked. You don't want that to be left unguarded. You need to be protective of your mind and intentional about what you feel. You need to take control. This is a charge for you to take control. It's been far too long that the devil has been having his way in your mind. I can tell you from someone who has dealt with depression and has had someone who has medically been diagnosed with anxiety and depression that it took time. It didn't happen in one day. It wasn't a thing of, oh man, I had a bad day. And then you fall into the abyss of depression. It's not that way. It takes time. It's like it starts as a house plan. And then we call in the contractors, the construction workers. And then it becomes a fully fledged house. 
And now that it has become visible, you no longer want to be a person who interacts with others. You are putting yourself in isolation. You are having headaches, but yet you know you drank enough water and you exercised and you ate good food. Your stomach is acting up, but you know that nothing is physically wrong. And when you go to the doctor, he says there's nothing wrong. But essentially, the stress on your mind, the oppression on your mind puts your body in such a panic that your body does not even know what to do with itself and so it, it it goes back to what was built before what was built layer by layer the bricks what you let in what what you didn't deal with what you didn't throw down what you didn't destroy it built on something else and it built on something else until it became a fully fledged house that you couldn't just deal with overnight and as a believer of Jesus, I can admit that sometimes in the church, we can demonize psychology. We can demonize mind matters. But the Bible speaks so loudly on mind matters. We see people in the Bible who struggle with depression. We see people who struggle with anxiety. You've got your Elijahs. I mean, the man called fire from heaven. But yet he was running away from Jezebel. We see David, like people are lying on him. People are persecuting him. They are assassinating his character. And we hear and see him crying out to God and saying, Lord, but you saw that I did nothing wrong. Please fight this battle because i have no more strength left we see mary being accused of cheating but she knows she didn't cheat she knows she was impregnated by the holy spirit and there was no man involved and so she has to go through the assault of the mind and her character and 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 who she is because people are talking she is pregnant and she is said to be pregnant with the son of god throughout the bible we see mental assault happening left right and center and so i don't understand where the demonization of psychology comes in essentially like i said spirit first physical second but the psyche plays a huge role because essentially that is what needs to be renewed your flesh is not getting saved it's going to die it's deteriorating it's going to go back to the earth it came from what gets saved the aim of salvation is your spirit and so what is left then as the bridge between your body and your spirit? It is your mind. That is what needs to be renewed. Romans 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to the world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be ye transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewal of your mind focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his will and purpose for you. So, so many times we complicate our walk with God and we think God is not being God because we are trying to pray some things away. Whereas the secret lies in, it's either you command the mountain to move or you change your mind about it. You change your mind. What does the moving of the mountain require? What does the renewal of the mind need for the transformation to take place? It is faith. You cannot please God without faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. So consume the word of God and eventually your mountain will become like a small hill and your mind will be transformed to the point of 
irrecognizability in that you don't even recognize the person you used to be simply because you focused on God. Don't focus on what's wrong with you. Don't focus on what you're struggling with. The best thing to do is to focus on God because God rubs off on you. The presence of God changes you without you even noticing. One day you just wake up and realize, hey, that was dealt with. <laughs> I no longer have that problem. And this is not being fairy tale like and super spiritual. This is what the Bible prescribes. It's just that sometimes we overcomplicate things. Ranyaka, five steps. The seven keys. Three ways to. The Bible is simple. It's not complicated. It's straight to the point. So when we go to the seven mountains, what in each of them takes away from you? And what in each of them adds to you? What are you willingly consuming that is influencing you away from the truth of God? And what is adding to you getting closer to God? You have to ask yourself, where is the truth of God in this? If he's the way, the truth and the life, then what is the way that things, then what is the way that the system is prescribing to you? What is the truth that the system is prescribing to you? And what kind of life is the system prescribing you to? And if it is the truth of God that you find that those systems are giving you or directing you, then put into action from the conviction you have of what you are conscious to put it into action. It helps no one to know the truth that does not produce results. Truth has got to convict you to the point of action. That is where change comes. Otherwise, the truth you have is just knowledge that puffs you up since it's only good for you. Knowledge has got to have results. I don't know you know algebra until you solve an equation for me. The world doesn't know you have Jesus until you solve problems for them. They want to see Jesus in action. Just like Joseph interpreted the dreams of the people in prison as well as the Pharaoh. The world wants you and needs you to interpret the dreams that God initially came to them that they misinterpreted. The last point on Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't know what God meant when he said that they would die if they ate from the forbidden tree. From where would they have known death because all they had known till then was life? Death wasn't the truth for them because they had not yet been awakened to the consciousness of it. If they had known, maybe they wouldn't have eaten the fruit. If they were conscious that disobedience would mean separation from God, they wouldn't have. This teaches us something so profound and I'll close with this. That just because you are not awakened to it doesn't mean that that truth is false. What you don't yet understand that God has said is not proof that that is a lie. You're just not conscious to it being truth. And it's wisdom. It's faith to obey him even though his truth is not yet your own but becoming your own. It's more wisdom to pursue his truth until it becomes your own. That is a sum total of our journey with God. We are becoming acquainted with his truth so that we can dominate in systems that are rigged by lies because we know a sovereign truth. And that is it for me today. My goal was to highlight 
how flawed the system is because there's an influence called the kingdom of darkness. But we are not without solution because we have God and we have a relationship with God that gives us access to the ordinances, laws and statutes that make it possible for us to be superior over systems that are rigged by lies. I wanted to highlight to you that you need to take better care of your mind. Don't be reckless by letting everything in. Don't be reckless by believing in everything. It's new age this, it's ancestor that. Choose God and stick to him because it becomes dangerous ground when you are mixing and matching because also you yourself become confused as to what to believe in. And then you are shocked when you struggle to navigate yourself through the systems that are rigged. The only way to do it is to become conscious and acquaint yourself with a higher truth that is sovereign over the lies. That is what I wanted to say. Wake up and smell the coffee. All right. So if you have any questions, please do ask me. I am available on Instagram as well as Twitter. If it's really, really that serious and it needs a 10 minute voice note, I'll consider giving you my number. But nonetheless, I'm here for you. And if I need correction, I always say this, then do holler. I'm not trying to be in error. I am trying to be in accuracy. And if we disagree, it's still all love. So until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Contra Z to Popular Belief podcast. I trust you've been challenged, touched, and changed. If you want to keep learning from this podcast, do subscribe. Also, kindly leave a review as your reviews help us improve and also helps others find this podcast. Until next time. 